It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Zolody. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out my Twitter page, BrianCatNFL, as well as Paul's fanatic underscore pick. We have with us here previewing the Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins matchup here this Sunday at New Era Field in Buffalo. The Bills are a 17-point favorite. This year, it's actually the first time they've been a 17-point favorite since the 1992 season with Jim Kelly. We're joined by managing editor of the Bills Wire, uh, Nick Woten. Nick, uh, thanks for joining us again tonight. Yeah, for sure. Like I said before, uh, off-air, I always like joining you guys. So uh, good news that the Bills and Dolphins play quite a bit. So uh, let's, uh, let's jump right into it, huh? You bet. And a lot more good news on your side this year, no doubt about it. The Bills start off... Four and one are just coming off a bye week. And so they've beaten the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, and the Titans. So not a murderer's row schedule. But still, when you take a look, they're getting a few healthy players back, like Robert Foster, like Tyler Croft, a few of these real peace players. And now after this bye week, they've got the next three games at home. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite the start to the season, as you mentioned. Truthfully, it's been a not busy start to the season, if you will, because usually we'll look at a certain part of the schedule up in western New York and say, hey, we should do well here. Then they'll always drop a game. They'll drop maybe that game to Cincinnati. They'll drop maybe that game to the Titans. But to the Bills' credit so far, I mean, they really only lost the game that everybody expected them to lose against the Patriots, and they were right in it too. So it's been not a busy start to the year. It's been a good start to the year. You bet. It was a 16-10 to 10 loss to the Patriots in a game where the Bills' defense played very, very well. It's, uh, you know, this is without question a top-five defense in the NFL in 2019. And ever since they added pieces like Micah Hyde and Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer to that secondary, it's been one of the best defenses in the league, too. Oh, absolutely. This, the secondary leads the way in this team. And look no further than the most recent NFL draft. I mean, they took Ed Oliver with their top pick. They're really looking for that pass rush, that front seven to really complement that secondary that they put together, which they really put together out of nowhere. They took Tredavious White by trading back. Um, they got Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who people knew Micah Hyde from the Packers, but Jordan Poyer was not much of anything. And then even Levi Wallace, he's an undrafted rookie free agent last year, and he's now their number two cornerback. So really they put that group together really quickly. They're getting the front seven with Ed Oliver, with uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and that defense, like you said, I mean, it's hard to argue. Um, I try to be a realist right down the middle, and the Bills defense is good. You and I got to say it. They are very good. You bet. And talking about Levi Wallace, you know, they expected Kevin Johnson when he was signed. He was really expected to compete for that spot, but Wallace has played so well that he hasn't really given him a chance to, at least the last time I saw. Um, and last year, Levi Wallace and Robert Foster – undrafted free agents out of Alabama. They got considerable value out of them. So, you know, they had some injuries before this, uh, this bye week, you know, they had, they had a few players out. How are they looking health wise heading into, into week six here? Oh, really week seven, great. Excuse me. On it. Yeah, week seven. Yeah. Uh, they're looking great. Honestly, uh, right now, the only concern would be Matt Milano, I call him, again, truthfully, I try to be right down the middle, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. 
uh, great linebacker. The Bills play a very nickel-based defense, so really it's only Jermaine Edmonds and Matt Milano out there as linebackers. Then you got the number three in Lorenzo Alexander out there too, another eagles wonder in the Bills along with Frank Gore. So, um, yeah, the injury front, they're looking great finally. I mean, Tyler Croft has been really the big disappointment. The Bills really never have had that number one tight end, that prototypical. We're talking on an AFC East podcast here. We've never had that Gronk type. They're hoping maybe Dawson Knox, the rookie, can turn into that. He's had some struggles as a rookie, as you would expect. Maybe Tyler Croft can be it. He had one one year in Cincy as the number one guy, and he, he, he did pretty well. I think he had seven or eight touchdowns that year in 2017. Uh, aside from that, though, uh, the Bills, they've been looking, that's been a reason why they're 4-1, too. They haven't been really injured very much. You bet. And sticking with the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tremaine Edmonds has been a, a very good player, a rangy 6'5", 250-pound linebacker. His uh, father, for a lot of our listeners, was a former Dolphins tight end, Farrell Edmonds. So Edmonds was taken in that same draft with Josh Allen to be the cornerstones of both sides of the ball. What is Tremaine Edmonds, how is he progressing there in the middle of the Bills defense? Oh, he's fantastic. I mean, the, the guy is, as you mentioned, Josh Allen, the Bills really in the 2018 draft, their plan going in the first round was to get the quarterback of both their quarterback position and Josh Allen, of course, and then to get the quarterback of their defense, and that's who they got in Tremaine Edmonds. And he's just, I mean, he's, he's a six foot five athletic freak. I mean, the, the guy was 20 years old, couldn't have a beer, and he's out there running around with the best of them in the NFL last year. Another year under him, uh, he started a little slow last year. He was a pretty raw prospect, um, would over-pursue a little bit. But, I mean, this year it's been the lights-out difference at the start of the year. I think um, I saw PFS stat. I mean, he was one of the worst linebackers early in the year last year. This year he's he's up there as one of the best as, as covered linebackers go. And he's just really got an all-around game. And, um, if the Bills were to lose him, I'll knock on wood over here for Buffalo. Um, he would probably be one of their bigger – losses and because he's such a young player and he plays in buffalo he's a little overlooked uh national media wise but he's he he really stirs the drink on that defense and when i looked at a couple of the bills games here earlier this year i saw him staying a lot more disciplined in the middle of the field and when he does that he's able to use his height and his range to really knock down those passing lanes especially within the hash marks there and that's not good news for the dolphins defense or the dolphins offense excuse me um with with mike Isicki, there, uh, having his best game as a pro, three catches for 50 yards may not seem like a lot, but it is a big deal here for Dolphins fans. Um, another player, too, that Dolphins fans know very, very well on the defensive side of the ball, Jordan Phillips. Uh, you know, he's in his last game against the Titans. He comes away with three sacks of the quarterback. So how's, how is he fitting in to this defense, and how, how much should we expect him to play in this one? Um. Since, uh, I apologize, week two or week three, Harrison Phillips went down uh, ACL injury. That really, before then, Jordan Phillips was a little bit of just a rotation guy. And then, as you mentioned, as soon as he got that little bit of a bigger role, he's he's been great. He's been a lot better. Obviously, last week, um, a lot of pieces moving along the defensive line. Um, so it's not just Jordan Phillips. It's, it's, it's a lot better full front side and pass rush there for the Bills. But, yeah, you're going to see plenty more maybe than last year. I know he's only been on the Bills for about a year now consecutively. I think they he was cut from the Dolphins uh, last uh, October. So he's been with the Bills for about a season now, about a year now. And, yeah, since Harrison Phillips went down, he's playing a lot bigger role. The Bills kind of just have their pieces that do the job 
big rotation along the defensive line. Star Latulia is actually their second biggest cap hit. He only he only plays about 40%, 30% of defensive snaps, which is something I like to point out. The Bills' defense is doing a good job, but I'm a little skeptical about paying your 35% of defensive snaps the second biggest cap hit, but that's a discussion for another day. But you'll yeah, have Jordan I think Phillips. that's fair to say there. <laughs> you'll see Jordan Phillips probably in there a little bit less than Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver is about 65% of snaps, and then you'll see Jordan Phillips. He's about 55 So Dolphins fans, you're going to get a lot of Jordan Phillips, and um, I know he – he loves to play uh, in front of the Buffalo fans, and I know he loves to play against his former team. So uh, he's on fire right now, as you mentioned. Three sacks in their last game against the Titans, and he leads the Bills right now with four sacks, of course, it's early in the year, and he just had three. So, Absolutely. And on the edge there, it seems like Jerry Hughes has been there forever in Buffalo, and they drafted Shaq Lawson back in 2016 as a first-round pick. And I ask because with the Dolphins, the tackle positions are the most troublesome ones out there. With Shaq Lawson and Jerry Hughes, is there a rotation out there at the end as well? Yep, yep, big rotation there. Um, it's going to depend on injury, though. You'll see um, Daryl Johnson is actually the seventh-round rookie. He went to North Carolina. A&T. Small, A&T, really, yeah, I think A&T, yeah, I think you're right. A really small school. He's actually been quite a surprise. He beat out Eddie Yarbrough, who's been the Bills' number four defensive end rotation guy in there. The number three guy, two, three guy, Shaq Lawson and Trent Murphy. Trent Murphy's actually been a little bit of a better year this year. Last year with Shaq Lawson was a little bit better year. Trent Murphy was dealing with some injuries last year. This year, Trent Murphy's doing well. He's coming off a concussion, though, so we'll see. I think he cleared the protocol. But of course, you know it's the NFL in 2019, and they're touchy about that, with good reason, of course. But you bet. we'll see. But but yeah, but there's there's a big rotation to to your point along the defensive end position as well. Looking at the off- offensive side of the ball, obviously we know Josh Allen, seventh overall pick a couple of years ago, uh, out of Wyoming. This year, when you when you look at the stats and you look at the touchdown to interception ratio, it doesn't feel like this is a quarterback uh, that was a top ten pick and is quarterbacking a four and one team. But you know. Allen's a little bit more of an unorthodox type of guy. He makes his makes it on big plays, but he I, I'm impressed though that for w- everything that was said about his accuracy, he's completing almost 63% of his passes this year. What is the temperature right now on Josh Allen in Buffalo? Um, I mean, folks love him in Buffalo. I mean, uh, he he. If you think, <laughs> I think you guys have heard of this guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy mm-hmm. who will run forward and he'll 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 run and he'll dive forward just those little things. Buffalo is of course a blue collar town, and they love that Josh Allen does those certain things. Of course, they kind of want him more than Fitzy to slide and not take those hits, especially because this year, as you mentioned, he's progressing as a passer. But yeah, people love him. I point out that of course it's a passing league. They the Bills is what they've done so far this year. Pretty much almost through every game, they come out passing every single game. Then in the second half. They haven't really had, like, a huge lead in any game, but then they kind of turn to the run game. So that's kind of been their M.O., so look out for that, Dolphins fans. Josh Allen is going to throw the ball a lot, and then you're probably going to see a lot of your old buddy Frank Gore in the second half. But, um, yeah, I, to, your, to your question, um, I mean, people love him. I like to point out that he has not had a 300-yard passing game yet, which Gardner Minshew up the street from you guys has had a 300-yard passing game. So I'm a little touchy on, you know, what I think of his throwing abilities, but all around, as you mentioned, he's unorthodox. And he gets the job done. I mean, he has five or six, excuse me, I always forget the number, five or six fourth-quarter comebacks in his career. And the mm-hmm. Bills just – simply that has been the kryptonite of the Bills is 
not to point out, you know, the low-hanging fruit, but they'd have Ryan Fitzpatrick go in there, and he would just simply um, go and uh, toss up that duck at the end of the game, and they would end up losing the game, unfortunately. So the Bills are finally having a guy that can go in there and get it done late when it matters. Yeah, we've seen that already with Fitzpatrick. Unfortunately, the Dolphins haven't been in a position where they could have possibly won a game until last week. So, yeah, Josh Allen – Last year against the Dolphins, I don't know the exact rushing numbers, but I think in two games he had about 230 yards rushing uh, with against that wide nine defense. Basically, it just seemed like every play he would step up and tuck it down and, and shove Kiko Alonso out of the way for 20 yards. But, yeah, this is a big, interesting athlete, and we'll see if his his pocket passing skills continue to refine themselves as as we go along. At running back, yeah, I mean, Frank Gore was a huge find for the Dolphins last year. I understand why he's not here because the Dolphins were going younger at the position. But still, Frank Gore, 75 carries, 333 yards, 4.4 yards a carry. So he's been that workhorse again for Buffalo. Devin Singletary was out the last couple of weeks before the, the Bills hit their bye. How do you see those carries being shared this week against Miami? That's a great question. Uh, it's going to be tough to answer, too, unless I have a fly on the wall and uh, one Bills drive, too. Uh, Devin Singletary is probably going to come back this week. He probably could have gone the week before the bye. The Bills are coming off their bye week. They played the Titans the week before. The game against the Titans, it was one of those uh, slippery, wet kind of games on and off pregame. They had him out there warming up. He had a hamstring injury, as I mentioned, and those are always tricky. So I think the Bills didn't want to risk it. Frank Gore has been doing well. They inactivated him that game. So he should be going this game. And I'm not sure how much he's going to get because he, he's flashed and he's looked good. Looks like he can handle the load. But then they keep going back to Frank Gore, who also will then bust off. I mean, he couldn't get it going at all against the Titans. And then when they needed him to in the fourth quarter, 11, 12-yard run, 19-yard run. I, you guys know Frank Gore. He just finds a way. So it's been a good mix. So I would probably expect somewhere around – 15 touches maybe for Devin Singletary, but at the same time, he's averaging a lot of yards per carry. I, I, I don't have it offhand. I'm sorry, but it's somewhere at sometimes it was between seven yards and nine yards of carry just because he just ends up ripping one off. And uh, he, he looks like a guy who, as uh, general manager Brandon Bean said, looks a lot like uh, our old friend LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he's out there running. I think this is correct. Uh, on my sheet here, I've got 10 carries for 127 yards at 12.7, but it's possible I didn't update that the last time, but either way, oh, hey, it's you, high. You could, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you could, you could be right. Actually, I think I was trying to like be safe, you know. But it's it's a ridiculous yards per carry number that he has right now, and folks are they want to pull for him, but at the same time, again, as you guys know, it's like, but Frank Gore's back there, and we love Frank Gore. So <laughs> you bet it's it's hard not it's hard not to love Frank Gore. Uh, so a lot of new faces in Buffalo too. I mean, especially a wide receiver in the offensive line, you know. Who's ca- who are going to catch the passes from Josh Allen as well as block for Josh Allen. I mean, you got John Brown and Cole Beasley in the offseason, a wide receiver, drafted Dawson Knox in the third round. And if I'm not mistaken, everybody on the offensive line except for, I think, Deion Dawkins is new this year. So how is how have those two units kind of gelled together here in the first five games of the year? Well, if we had to rank them, we would go the receivers have done better. Um, John Brown is actually I, – I apologize, I haven't looked at it this week, but going into last week before the Bills buy, he was number 12 in the NFL in receiving yards, John Brown, which is like – who would expect that, a Buffalo Bills wide receiver to be in the top 15, right? Mm-hmm. So 
John Brown and, and, and Josh Allen have really uh, started. He's listed on the injury report this week, too, so hopefully he can play. Um, but uh, they've really connected well. It's hot, hot and cold with Cole Beasley. More so, he's going across the middle, and maybe Josh Allen's going on his feet. That's when the accuracy, that's when the question marks from folks like me start to come up. Uh, but the new guys have really fit in well. Obviously, the old guys, in terms of singular guy returning, really, was Zay Jones. I think they were expecting with him in the year three to really take a step. He did not take a step at all. I think a lot of people are really excited to see Duke Williams. Really good feel, good story for the Bills there. But then jumping over to the offensive line, again, kind of like Cole Beasley. It's been hot and cold. Sometimes it's been good. Sometimes it's been bad. I think the main factor there is the the kind of the straw that makes the drink stir in the offensive line, of course, who plays a big part is the center. Mitch Morris was out with a concussion for pretty much the entire preseason. He's played all this year. So I feel like and, and just the natural position of offensive line, it's a lot of gelling. It's definitely better than last year, though. The bar was so low last year. The Bills, if you guys will recall going into last year, lost Eric Wood to a freak injury, lost Eric, or lost Richie Incognito because Richie Incognito is Richie Incognito. <laughs> but he was a pro bowler. Two really great players. They lost them right in the middle of their uh, offensive line. And that, I think, played up. Things went haywire from there. Uh, they had to get Russell Bodine, kind of, you know, patchwork offensive line. Uh, so it's better than last year, but I mean, it's it's about an average line. If you guys could have a good game, you guys could have a bad game against them. Um, I know the Dolphins are struggling getting some sacks. So, from the Buffalo perspective, I would bet that they're thinking to keep Josh Allen upright this game. Yeah, and when you look last year, and actually the last three years, Jordan Mills was their right tackle, and the Dolphins fans already saw quite enough of Jordan Mills. They cut him, and now he's with the Arizona Cardinals. So, I know they had a lot of of acquisitions, especially you know second round pick Cody Ford as well. So thank you for filling us in really on both sides of the football here. We're joined by Nick Woten from the USA Today managing editor of the Bills Wire. And so Nick, uh, thanks for joining us here. And before we uh, we let you go here, what is your your prediction? The Bills are 17 point favorites coming off a of bye week. You had mentioned also that sometimes the Bills are prone to drop games like this throughout the year that they could potentially win and they should win. How do you see this game going? I see the Bills, I mean, this year's Bills, they just feel different where they're getting the job done. I mean, they have a back-loaded schedule, if you will, for lack of a better term. Their games later in the year are, at least on paper, were harder. They had teams like the Steelers were looking very good at one point, and now they don't have Big Ben. And then the Ravens were looking very good at one point, and now they're kind of up and down too. Of course, they have the, the Patriots late again as well. But um, the Bills, I think, are in prime position to be a wild card team, and if they are, I think they're going to win this game, and I think I I don't I wouldn't bet on that spread, but I would pick the Bills maybe by 10, by 13, by something like that. The offense still kind of struggles, and I know the the if there's any place that didn't get dismantled in Miami, you know they still have some pieces on defense. Howard and uh, if Jones plays too. Uh, they got a couple pieces there, so I, I'm not expecting Allen's first 300-yard game, and of course their run defense. I think that's the way to go. So I'm gonna guess probably the Bills. I'll go like you know. 24 to like 10, somewhere in that ballpark. That's, that's what my guess would be. I think it'll be a good win for the Bills. I think they're going to get the job done because, truthfully, as I mentioned, I called it a Billsy kind of game, but they've been getting the job done in these Billsy kind of games early in the year so far. So uh, even a guy who, who, who likes to question them sometimes, I got to tip my cap to them. They've been getting it done in these kind of games. And because this is a Dolphins podcast, I say this unfortunately, over the next six games, the Bills play the Dolphins twice. They play the Redskins at home, and they play the Broncos at home. 
and and there are other two games there. They've got the Eagles at home, which should be a tough game, and at Cleveland, which probably should be a pretty tough game too. But four and two in that six game span is very very reasonable. And at that point, the Bills would be eight and three, and yes, in very prime position to secure a wild card spot. So yeah, their 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 schedule is is ridiculously good. Um, it, especially just like you said, the next couple they got the Dolphins twice, and then the Redskins. Even if you just count those. And I'm not going to overlook the Dolphins. Like I said, I, I know they got a couple pieces on defense, but that's their seven wins then, if you're counting yep. those three. <laughs> and, and listen, I know you're trying to be you're trying to be nice with the Dolphins, but hey, you can overlook them. Don't don't worry about that part of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you said it. Hey, I got a question for you guys before you guys uh, uh, hop off here. Yeah, fire away. Uh, we got some news on it out of Nashville. What do you guys think about that quarterback situation, huh? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill going in. When I look at him and I look at Marcus Mariota, I, I kind of see the same quarterback. Two guys that, you know, former top 10 picks that just hold on to the football way too long. And I, I've said, told Dolphins fans for the last seven years, when Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback, any offensive line that blocks for him is going to be bad. And same thing with Marcus Mariota. But having said that, I also think Tannehill may be a little bit better than Mariota. And, you know, one thing about Tannehill while he was here, he worked his butt off and he was all first class. I didn't care for him, him toward the end as much as a, you know, as a, quote, franchise quarterback, which he wasn't. But I am glad he is getting his opportunity here uh, on the other side of the football from Cameron Wake. That, that, is that, I guess, the fault of the fan base, too? Are they, you know, saying, go, go get him, Ryan? I'd say 50-50, just like it was when he was here. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't see, you know, if, if Ryan Tannehill had read run his mouth, had done this, had done that, I, I would have understood if anybody, you know, had negative opinions of, of him while he's on another team, but you know, the dolphins are not competing this year and I hope Ryan Tannehill gets in there and does a good job because if, if they can protect him at, at an elite level in Tennessee, I don't think they will be able to, uh, and he has time to throw the football. Maybe he can have some success there, but I think he will do better than Mariota. You know, it, it must be something with the name because I'll tell you what, they're not going to root for him this Sunday and they're not going to root for him in the Bills and Dolphins meet again. But seeing as we're, you said it, the Bills can overlook the Dolphins. They're having that kind of season. Every single week that Ryan Fitzpatrick is in there, Bills fans majority, even with the rivalry, will hope he does at least well. Like that guy is so loved in Buffalo. Just diving head first. I mean, ho- hopefully you guys just, just love him. I know he made a little comment that said, Oh, I, there's going to be a lot of number 14 jerseys in the in the stadium on Sunday, but they're all going to be Sammy Watkins ones. Like people just they just love Brian Fitzpatrick's demeanor, and hopefully you guys can enjoy him for as long as, he, as you had and as much as we've had because he, he he just was you know first class guy. Yeah, and he just has that flair to come in there and either do very very well or very very poorly that we've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, last year in Tampa, gosh, first four weeks of the year he was setting records, and then. Two weeks later, he's getting benched. I mean, that that's just par for the course. I, I think the Bills had Fitzpatrick a little bit more in his prime, but and, and he had some very good years there with Buffalo. And, yeah, it's it's certainly always interesting with him at quarterback. So maybe he, you know, taps into that Jordan Phillips ability to take his frustration out on his former opponents because you've got – he spent several years there in Buffalo. So – We'll see if that happens. It may end up being a 34 nothing game. It may end up being a little bit more interesting. But, um, yeah, I, I think overall when I predict 
I'm probably going to be in the same range you are in that in that 20, 23, 24 to 10 type of area, just because the Bills defense has been playing so, so very well there. And you know they're going to be pumped up to face Ryan Fitzpatrick. So yeah. that will that will do it for our breakdown of the Bills-Dolphins matchup here. We're joined by Nick Woten, managing editor of, editor of the Bills Wire in the USA Today. Uh, you can follow him. And, Nick, what's your uh, Twitter handle there? It's uh, Nick underscore Woten, and that's W-O-J as in Jack, T-O-N. And you can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out us on Twitter, BrianCatNFL, as well as Fanatic underscore Pick for Paul. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.